0: Hey, good morning everyone. I am coming at you from the um, the church's back car park. It's been a while since I've been out here. I don't know about you, but it feels good to be out here. Uh, sort of like a very lonely Christmas carols. One of the things I've been meaning to uh, just let you know about is starting this Monday uh, at 8 p.m. Uh, I'm going to start running a a zoom session uh, that i'll I'll provide a link for you on the website and email it out where uh if you have like m- some questions or some thoughts to bring to uh, the preaching uh, that has happened the previous day or even weeks before um, you know that you like to talk about uh, you can zoom in and there'll be myself and uh perhaps another pastor, someone else there to to give you an opportunity just to chat a bit. You uh, might come with questions like, you know, why are we using the translation that we're using? Can you tell me a little bit more about uh, who Paul was writing to in this letter? Anything like that, where you you have a thought and you're like, I'd like to go a bit deeper. Monday nights, 8 p.m. is the chance to do that. So uh, I look forward to seeing some of you there as uh, as we uh, as we go a bit deeper into this amazing book, uh, the book of Ephesians, and um, we're moving forward with Ephesians today. You would have heard Jen uh, just read Ephesians 2, 11 to 22. Thanks for that, Jen. Great job. Uh, and um, I'm going to pick up from that reading. I don't know if you've ever seen. Any of these crazy videos that uh, come, I think they're off like Palestinian television, where there's like kindergarten kids uh, talking about how much they hate uh, the Jews and uh, how terrible the Jews are and, you know, what they're going to do to the Jews. Really <laughs> confronting stuff, if you've ever seen that, to see like tiny children filled with such animosity and such hatred. And, uh, you know, maybe that hatred, that level of hatred, is a bit exceptional for us. Uh, I think it's pretty full-on and um, you know, um, confronting for most people. At the same time, I realise there's this dynamic going on where uh, you know we don't necessarily see the 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 equivalent of that if there is an equivalent in our own cultural context. It's like more obvious when you're looking out there uh, into somebody else's culture, into somebody else's life. I had a situation fairly recently where there was a, um, an Indigenous pastor who came down to Brisbane from one of the communities in regional Queensland, came down to Brisbane to do a bit more training. And uh, he spoke so casually uh, one morning as he came into class about the fact that when he'd sat down on the bus on the way into class, Uh, a couple of people who were sitting in that section of the bus actually got up and sort of made a bit of a show of getting up and moving to another part of the bus this isn't like Alabama in the 60s right this is Brisbane in 2020 uh, an indigenous man saying you know this kind of things every day for me when I pushed him on it I said is this a normal thing? He's like, absolutely, it's a normal thing. It's a regular thing for me. I'll call a taxi and when they come to get me, they see that I'm an Aboriginal man, they they keep driving. A couple of days later I caught up with um, one of the local elders who's also a pastor in our movement and I asked him, hey, do you see this kind of stuff going on here in Brisbane in the year 2020? And he looked at me like I was naive and stupid, and maybe I was. He said, of course, as an Aboriginal person, you experience that kind of hostility, that racism, basically, that mistrust regularly on the week, he he said. Um, Now, hopefully, (laughs) you, you struggle to identify with that, you know, with moving from one part of a bus to another based on colour of someone's skin or even their ethnicity or whatever it is. Hopefully, uh, amongst those of us who are watching this uh, today, you know, there's no one who, who, who feels that way, who acts that way. But I wonder if uh, this is really so different from the kinds of divisions that occupy all of our lives to some degree, you know. I think there is a story, a human story, that speaks of brokenness amongst human beings, of the fact that there are always breakdowns in relationship. Uh, There are often breakdowns in relationship without a prospect of repair, actually. It might be uh, that instance where you know it's someone that you went to church or to school with ten years ago and something happened back then and now when you see them in the supermarket you, uh, you kind of try and ghost into the next aisle so that you won't have to run into one another. Maybe... Uh, it's just that you've seen up close someone who you really care about have a relationship breakdown, and you know you get into the details of what's gone on in their marriage or whatever it is that's breaking down, and uh, you're struck by how hopeless it is, by the fact that the problems that they face as a couple are so complex, so difficult to get to the bottom of, that it fills you with a sense of hopelessness. Don't we all have some experience of that? Don't we all maybe carry something of that around? I think of a line of cans on a string, uh, have a sort of tied around our ankles. It can feel at times like, you know, if we've had some level of broken relationship, like we carry them around. If we have that experience of seeing someone in the shops that, oh, we've got a bad history with, we get a prick or a sort of a pang somewhere inside of us that I don't know if it's guilt maybe it's guilt there's definitely this feeling like there's something something not right here the way that this has broken down the fact that I don't have peace with another human being. And of course you know when we read scripture this comes in right at the beginning of the story of humanity that sin, leads to a breakdown of relationship. Genesis 3 leads to a breakdown of the relationship between man and woman. A breakdown of relationship between one brother and another. Right back there, right at the beginning of the human story. According to scripture, things go wrong between people. It would seem it's just the way it is now. Now there are sins in the world, we would say as Christians. We can't get on many of us we just can't get on stuff has broken down between us what Paul is speaking to here in this second chapter of Ephesians though offers a picture of God's solution for this issue of breakdown between human beings in our relationships and if we think the kind of division that we might sense between ourselves and another person or we might see in the relationships between one person and another or we might experience if you know we've experienced racism or sexism or whatever it is if we think those are issues uh i think the context that paul is speaking to here is like like normal relationship breakdown times 10 at least um, the, the the division that existed in the ancient world particularly between Jew and Gentile was really significant uh, scholars tell us that a daily prayer for many faithful Jews of Jesus' time was to say thank you God that you did not make me a Gentile um, Paul picks up on language in this passage, language of, uh, what does he say the circumcised and uncircumcised but he sort of got them in um, the circumcision actually says in sort of speech marks uh, that that the, the Jews talked about themselves with a sense of pride as the circumcised ones and actually the Gentiles turned it into a slur against them in the same way that the Jews used the term uncircumcised as a slur to say these dogs these filthy people that we want to have nothing to do with uncircumcised ones you might even uh, have read this story from the book of Galatians where Paul finds uh, out that in the church in Jerusalem the apostle Peter is actually not even eating with Gentile Christians because even the disciples of Jesus still had this barrier between them and Gentiles who were deciding to follow Jesus as Lord and Saviour Hostility, breakdown between two parts of the human race. And Paul says that God is doing something about this great news. He says in verse 14, For he himself, talking about Jesus, is our peace. He doesn't just give us peace. He is our peace. One who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier. The dividing wall of hostility he goes on in verse 15. I love this. By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. I'm going to come back to that very briefly in a minute. He goes on his purpose. Jesus's purpose was to create in himself one new humanity. Out of two, Jew and Gentile, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to god through the cross by which he put to death their hostility he says we have access both Jew and gentle to the father by the one spirit you are no longer foreigners and strangers paul speaking to a gentile uh, church here in the letter to the ephesians he says you are no longer foreigners and strangers but fellow citizens with god's people and also members of his household so Paul's saying you know these issues that we're having that we're seeing between new Jewish Christians and new Gentile Christians they're going to get worked out because it's God's intended purpose to reconcile and overcome these divisions it's a little bit like, I don't know if you uh, played any card games over the holidays. I got dragged into um, a couple. I'm not normally a card playing guy, but we were camping with some friends. And, um, you know, what else are you going to do? You're going to say no to that? You're going to let hostility come into a relationship just because you don't like card games. But anyway, in lots of card games, as I'm sure you know, you know, there's like a, a ranking of cards. And generally, if you get a two, it's. um. It's not such a good card right something like an ace uh is better right and and you'll get a hand in lots of card games that'll be a mixture of cards and if you've got more up the ace end you you get a better hand if you've got more down the two end you've got a worse hand but then uh in many games in the game that we were playing there is a kind of a trump card uh in the game that we were playing uh the trump card was the three and uh, what would happen is, as you're trying to get rid of cards, you're putting them down on the table, so you don't have them in your hand anymore. Um, if you can't play a higher value card, you're stuffed, and you've got to pick the whole pile up. Unless you've got a trump card, which you can throw down on any situation. It doesn't matter if someone's put down twos or th- or fours or queens or aces. You've got a three, bang. It's more important. Whatever's going on on the table, a three trumps it. And I think what Paul's speaking to here in the second chapter of Ephesians is that as Christians we have a Trump identity. Okay, now I just need to clarify that because I think some people are a little confused about uh, another kind of Trump identity uh, perhaps uh, and, and Christianity. But what I mean by a Trump identity is that whatever is going on for us in this world uh, whatever hand we've been dealt whether it's a good hand or a bad hand um, whether we're on this side of a division or that side of a division whether we are in the case of Paul's letter to the, the Ephesians here whether we're Jews or Gentiles once we accept Jesus as Lord he makes us a new creation a new humanity uh, Paul says and that is the identity that trumps all others so tempted as his audience might have been to have said well the Jews they're just always like that we'll never have peace with them it's like Paul comes along and says with Jesus Jesus's identity trumps your Gentile identity. The shoe's on the other foot, it works the same way. Jews, I'm sure, were frustrated as they uh, formed the early church with the way that Gentiles, you know, did lots of things, but it was like Paul was saying actually in Jesus, your Jewish identity is less important than your identity as part of the new creation By fulfilling the law and then dying for all, Paul says, Jesus broke down the wall between Jews and Gentiles. And what he did then for Jews and Gentiles, the record of scripture I think gives witness to the fact that he is doing for all humanity. He is doing for us in 21st century, Australian, where we recognise a barrier between us and someone else based on whatever, gender, race, class, ethnicity, our identity in Christ trumps those things. How does this play out in our daily lives? Well, I think what Paul calls us to in this passage is that we are to live as Christians into a reconciled future rather than, as we might do by nature, without Christ Spirit, living into the brokenness of the present, right? The hope that we have as Christians of a reconciled future anchors us so that we can live out of the brokenness and division and hostility of the present and into a good future where we've all been reconciled one to another. This is a process that is taking place. Um, Paul says in verse 22, and in him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit so it's like paul is acknowledging that here and now it's not perfect it's not easy but god is doing this work and we can trust in this work we can sow in to this work of reconciliation that god is doing in the way that we live and that we act verse 16 says we have access to the father by one spirit with whomever we might share the Father and the Spirit. So that means if there are divisions in the church, if there are divisions between us and anybody else, it's possible that by submitting to the Father, we can share the same Spirit. Those with whom we are already sharing a Spirit, we can work towards reconciliation. But actually, one of the implications for this is that We can work towards sharing the same Father with all who we meet. And I think this points to the fact that mission or evangelism and peacemaking always go together, right? I, with anyone whom I might meet, can have a hope that I might be reconciled and united with them, regardless of how different we are. I trust that that's God's will and that I work towards the fact that that might become a reality. So in someone who doesn't share my faith, by sharing my faith, I open up the possibility that we will both share the same Father and share the same Spirit. I don't know if you've come across this in the world, but there are so many situations where we can have cause to lose hope that there will ever be reconciliation of our differences. But that uh, is, you know, that's that's sensible, actually looking at, at the way that things break down between people, the promise of scripture and the promise that Paul makes here for us in the book of Ephesians is that that is not what the fulfillment of God's plans look like so we work towards God's plans we don't continue to sow into the division that we experience in the present I think I've said enough this morning hey I hope that you have a great week um, I'm about to walk home and have a uh, worship and brunch with my life group. I hope that you're doing something like that this week as well. Bless you. I'm just going to quickly pray for us, God. I pray that you would do your reconciling work in us, between us as brothers and sisters. We thank you that you have made a way for us to be reconciled to you. I pray that we would live lives where we sow into your reconciled future for humanity as well. Amen. See ya.